Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can follow us on Twitter at EPLindex. And you can also follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. Hello, my name is uh, Louis Shackshaft. I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast. I, I also write a lot regarding Sheffield Wednesday for different publications. And I'm big on Sheffield Wednesday stats. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter. And my handle is just my name, at Louis Shackshaft. Uh, hi, uh, my name's Louis Hobbs. I represent Sheffield United on the podcast. My Twitter handle is at underscore LH9 underscore, and I do quite a bit of writing for Football League World. Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys. Uh, we'll start with making the rounds, obviously. Um, there's been a couple of games for, for both of your teams this week with League Cup in the week, and then going into the weekend, um, obviously two games each. We'll start with you, Louis. Um Tough draw at Burton yesterday, um, but obviously good to kind of get sort of start to put a bit of a run together after the disappointing result in the League Cup at Bolton. Um, how's the week been? Uh, you've just summed it up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is disappointing to be honest. Uh, yeah, we we obviously lost lost to Bolton in the League Cup three um, two. Uh, we were three 0 down at one point, and and to be honest. It, you know, I'm, I'm not too disappointed about being out of the cup. You know, sometimes that can be a blessing in disguise. However, it was, again, the, the manner of the performance that's let us down. It was, um, you know, again, lacklustre, abysmal at times. Uh, really, the, the only the only guy who can hold his head up high was, was Jordan Rhodes, who managed to score a brace. And, and it, it was proven that, you know, you, you get the ball to him in the box and, he can finish, and that's one thing that we're we're not doing. There's no spark in creativity at the moment, and and it was again same against Burton, and and we managed to pick up a point. Um, so the other the other disappointing thing for me was in the League Cup, obviously going three 0 down, which it, you know that that probably didn't resemble the game at the point. We probably didn't deserve to be three 0 down, and we, we we managed to score two goals. But what was most disappointing was there were opportunity there for quite a few players who you know who've you know, in, in inverted commas, commas uh, second string players what have come into the squad like Liam Palmer and, and Joe Wildsmith, etc. And and I thought it was a real opportunity for these players to come in and, you know, stamp their authority on the game and, and give us, you know, us fans something to, you know, give Carvajal a headache, headache if you like, and, and, you know, potential for them to play against Burton. But, yeah, it, it was a disappointing game. And then, like you say, we, we moved on and we, we played Burton and... Again, I, I can't complain. I think 1-1 was a fair result. We, we didn't deserve to win. I'd have been disappointed also if, if we'd have lost, however. Uh, but again, a bit lacklustre. I think we only had one shot all, all game on target, uh, three in total. Um, no creativity. The, the only players what impressed for me really was Gary Hooper. Who had a really great game. Obviously, he scored the goal, a uh, great flick. 
for the goal. That was quite impressive. And, and, and Bannon's on some uh, a, a very good run of form at the minute. So those two players, again, can held their head up high. Um, in terms of disappointing players, I'm, I'm not really going to pick anyone from the Sheffield Wednesday team, actually, because I could pick a handful of players who, again, have, have just, like I said, there's, there's, there's just no spark at the minute, and we, we seem to be missing something. But one thing for me was, I don't know if you've seen it, you guys, but Marvin Sordell went in on uh, Kieran Westwood, which was a very late challenge. Um, I'm not saying he's done it on purpose, but, you know, we were two, you know, a couple of seconds late going, you know, um, showing his boots going into Westwood shins and to be honest he didn't get a yellow card, he didn't get a red card, he didn't get no booking whatsoever and I thought even after the game I thought you know he might have made an apology and made that public but he doesn't seem to have and, and for me that were that would be quite disappoint of him to do that you know as a, as a professional footballer you know even though he's, I don't think he's gone and done it on purpose but um I thought he'd have apologised afterwards, but that doesn't seem to have happened. So there we go. Yeah, it's um, especially at the start of the season on this podcast, I was uh, sort of tipping you and Fulham for sort of automatic promotion. I think obviously you'll you'll improve on sort of how you've started. Um, I think when we played your first game of the season, I was not shocked, but quite surprised that we sort of made it sort of as comfortable as we did for ourselves and, and restricted you I think to again one shot on target in the game but I think you've got the players there and the majority of the squad's still there from last season I think definitely even though it's not viewed sort of positively by many football fans I think the international break is coming at quite a good time for you um, obviously you've got the last few days of the transfer window coming up I think I'll, I'll pronounce his name wrong but I've seen you've been linked with I think Juice Van Aken um, yeah, also yeah, so yeah, so apologies if I've uh, messed his name up there, but um, is that something that you need to improve on then, obviously shipping the goals that you did at Bolton in the League Cup, is it defensively or is it sort of a combined sort of all over the park at the moment that you need to improve on? Um, generally I'd say yeah, all over the park, I mean defensively we are quite sound, we're not other than like you say at Bolton, we, we are only conceding maybe one goal per game really, uh, but it's just surprising because obviously the quality we have got up front, and I said this on the last podcast, but we've on paper we've got probably the best strike force in the league and believe it or not we just struggle to even, I'm not going to say score, we even struggle to have shots on target and, and like you say you summed it up against, it happened against Burton, it happened against Preston when we played you James and you, a, a team like us with those strikers up front you need to be having minimum five shots, six shots on target per game and you know to, to score at least a couple of goals and and one thing I've obviously, I've, you know, like I said earlier, I'm big on my stats and it's it's quite funny because there's only Sheffield Wednesday and Preston, actually, James, that have failed to score twice in the Skybet Championship this season. Um, and as a team like Wednesday with, like I say, the, the, the so-called firepower that we should have, you, you know, it, it's crazy to think that. So, but yeah, I think the international break will come at the right time. We've got players returning from injury like Leuven's, Hutchinson, uh, Lee... And we have got two home games after the international break. So hopefully it's come at the right time and we can push on from here. But it's just going to, you know, I, well, we shall see. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Preston in the sense that obviously you just mentioned that stat there. I think the goals for us are new will, will come. Um, sort of in our case, I'll get onto it in a bit. We've got sort of quite a new sort of attacking lineup. Uh, so I think it's finding or giving the new players time to gel. Uh, there were signs of it, as I said, I'll get on to uh, at Middlesbrough. Um, but again, 
you know, still early days and uh, the table's that tight at the moment that one positive result in your favour can sort of catapult you sort of to the other end of the table. Um, we'll move on to you now, Lewis. Um, obviously, there was the midweek game at, um, at home against Leicester in the League Cup um, and then you followed that up with quite a um, sort of convincing win against Derby on uh, on Saturday. Um, sum up the week for us. Yes, well, a, f- a 4-1 loss against any team you can't really come out and say it was a fantastic performance, but I do think the scoreline did flatter Leicester a lot. We did kind of just chuck out a, kind of a second a second side. We had people like Kieran Freeman filling in at centre-back. We gave first-team debuts to George Baldock, new signing. We had people like Paul Coots and John Fleck both out of the side, which for me, those two have just been the heart of our season so far, and I'm sure every other Sheffield United fan will agree. So we've we've put our we've put our not a poor side by any means, but not our strongest. And after a really strong first defensive half, uh, keeping Leicester from scoring, the side's just gone out for the second half. And I think we conceded three goals in about twelve minutes. And yeah, fair enough. We're up against former Premier League champions, but it's it's not good enough, especially when you have players. You have players like George Baldock who've come into the side, and they need to be they need to be putting on a good defensive performance if they want to maintain a, a place in the first team. The overall side and the worth ethic, it 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 was to a good standard, and I I, I won't really slate the side um, because it wasn't it wasn't our strongest, and and at, at the end of the day, it's we got beat by the better side when. When you're used to, you, you we've just come up from the League One and we're used to playing, no disrespect to League One sides, but not the strongest of opponents. And then you, you're thrown in against Islam Slomani up top, who he, he just, he, he looks a different class, plays like that. But um, it wasn't the best performance, but I'm not that upset about being knocked out of the cup because it will probably help come end the season that we don't have a cup run. We've had previous cup runs in the last uh, five years anyway, so it's not something we're looking for. But uh, yeah, it was it was an OK performance, I'll put it at that. Um, but then moving on to Derby. Derby. Derby for me was a weird one because at the start of the season, I didn't really know where to put Derby in my prediction. Because for the past couple of seasons, Derby has been one for me who I've predicted at the start of the season to be pushing for that top six. And they've just never really quite fulfilled it. Now with Gary Rowett, I did think it'd be a bit of a it'd be a change, and I did think they would again go push up. But against against us, they they was well not taking anything away from us because we we was fantastic. Uh, but they they was a really poor side, and defensively, I don't know if you've seen uh, well both of Billy Sharp's goals as, uh, as well with the second, the, the first goal, Scott Carson in the fourth minute. It's one of the worst distributions I've probably ever seen, and, and Billy Sharp's probably the, one of the last people in the league you want to be giving a shot away on target because he might not be the most um, extravagant striker, but if if you give him the ball in a in a scoring position, he's going to put it into the back of the net, and and that's what that's that's what he's made a career out of. The the, the second goal, it's a, a dangerous ball being put into the box, and, and Johnny Russell, he's quite unfortunate to put it into his own net. But I don't. 
I really don't understand why he's charging back at that pace. Something's uh, when the ball coming is is dangerous as it is. Something's always going to happen. Whether whether Billy was going to put it away or turn into um, an own goal, but the the only disappointing thing from the side's performance was conceding the goal because I think throughout the full shot, I, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but they must have only had about three shots on target. Jamal Blackman wasn't tested throughout the full game. And when you look at Derby's um, forward, you've got likes of Vineman, Nugent, uh, Vidra. Th- these are these are these should be brilliant Championship players. They've all they've all been in the Premiership. They've, they've took a step back, and, and and they should be they should be um, intimidating defenders. And again, our back three, it looked fantastic. Chris Basham and Jack O'Connell. They, they look they look like championship players, and after having to take that step back into the league one, there was a debate on whether they would make it into the championship. And they've they've proven all the they've proven some of the pundits wrong who who might have said that they, they they're not they're not cut out for this division. But yeah, um, if I would the only um, disappointing player would probably be Jamal Blackman, the keeper. Uh, Obviously, we got we had an unfortunate injury at the start of the season with Simon Moore in a pre-season game. And we've brought in Jamal Blackman, who last season, I didn't see much at Wickham, but he, I think he got the most clean sheets in the division. You could, someone could correct me on that, but um, he looked a fantastic keeper. The guy, he, he's six foot seven, six foot eight. A keeper at that stature, he's got to have something about him. Like His reach is incredible. But the only thing is, his distribution throughout the full game was really, really poor. And the amount of power he can get behind the ball is incredible. But when, when you're kicking the ball, it's going how much, how high in the air, and then it's falling to the edge of your own box. You, just, you can't be having a keeper um, who distributes like that, and especially with the goal. It, 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 it was a good cross, and it was a good header from Bryson. But again, for me, Blackman was caught a bit off... Um, a bit uh, out of position, and just like the Middlesbrough goal, which Justed scored, he, I think he's young, and you've got uh, he's got a lot of developed uh, he's got a lot of development to do, but he needs to he needs to decide when he's in them positions whether he comes out he comes out and he tries to tries to get the ball or he stays on his line and and, and gets ready for the save. But um, apart from that, yeah, it was a fantastic performance and. Uh, We've won all three of our home games so far, and you can't really ask for much more being a, a newly promoted side. Yeah, it's um, sort of. I've got a few mates who are Sheffield United fans, and it's sort of come as no surprise to them, sort of how well you've done, especially with it being your first season back. Similar to how obviously Preston came up a couple of years ago, and and as you said, that home form is sort of absolutely crucial um, once you come back up into the division. Um, I know going to, to Sheffield United as a Preston fan when we were were both in the Championship and down in League One, it was one of the the games that I'd least look forward to because um, it was sort of a real fortress for you. Is, is it something that's come as a surprise to you, sort of how well you've started, especially the home form, or is that something that you've sort of knew that it was going to come? It hasn't. It hasn't come to us a surprise because I, I didn't think that we'd struggle, and I did think we'd be we'd be pushing not not to be in the top six um, by any stretch. But 
I didn't think we'd be we'd be focusing focusing on uh, avoiding relegation. But you look at our side, and we do have a lot of players like Paul Coots, like Kieran Freeman, like Chris Basham, who have have all had careers in the Championship and gone through a spell of bad form or caught an unfortunate injury. And it's and it's made them have to take the step back into League One, and so there's always going to be that there's always going to be that debate whether they, they can they can take that step back up into the championship, and they've done it fantastically. I mean, um, Paul Coots for one, for a player who's was classed as a derby reject, gone on his first game back against his former club. Absolutely fantastic and a pivotal part to our defending and attacking, and he ended up with a man of the match. And I'm sure a lot of Derby fans will be uh, wondering if that's the same player that they released um, for uh, three or four years ago. Yeah, we uh, we had Paul Coots before he went to Derby, and when he when he went, there was quite a lot of North End fans who were sort of gutted we'd let him go, and he's he's really showing that form that obviously he showed when he was at us and if he can continue for that he's an absolutely solid player at this level and could possibly play in the Premier League um, but yeah you've got a real player on your hands there um, but yeah moving on to, to Preston's week it was uh, sort of uh, a game off if you will in the in midweek after we got beat in the first round of the League Cup to Accrington Stanley um, that came as sort of looking back now obviously gutted at the time but a bit of a blessing it's it's given Alex Neal sort of a real idea of which players sort of aren't good enough in his squad and the areas that he needs to improve and it gave us um, a much needed rest over the week with uh, sort of kept the same team every game so far apart from that league cup game and it's it's really starting to click now um going up to Middlesbrough on Saturday Many people would have sort of fancied Middlesbrough for an easy home win there, but fair play to the lads. We um, we played them off the park at points, and if someone watching as a neutral who had no idea about either teams, you were to ask them which team had come down from the Premier League um, and which team had spent the sort of thirty odd million on attacking players, you'd you'd sort of struggled to differentiate between the two. Um, Jordan Newgill again. Um, it sounds like I'm his biggest fan on this podcast because week after week he keeps improving, and it's sort of the same thing when I come on here, just praising him. Um, we've had a bid come in from Reading during the week of around about 10 million, which we've rejected for him. Obviously, that's a lot of money for sort of a club like us, considering our sort of most expensive signing ever is uh, David Ely for one million, sort of going back a few years. Um, but it's, it shows a real statement of intent, really. Alex Neal's come out after the game against Middlesbrough um, and said that he wants to keep this squad together. And with a couple more additions, there's no reason why we can't be challenging for the top six. Um, if sort of form's anything to go by at the moment, I can certainly see it happening. And one of the real reasons, or not reasons, but one of the things that surprised me about Alex Neal, he seems to be a manager that can sort of put an arm around a player players like Ben Davis who we sort of sent out on loan a few times last year and he's an academy lad obviously so you have that sort of will wanting him to do well but he just didn't look cut out for the championship but he's come in and for the injured Greg Cunningham and Tom Clark he's played at left back and centre back this season and he looks a completely different player Um, he's been absolutely fantastic and now obviously yeah Greg Cunningham out as well Um, he's brought in Josh Earl um, an academy lad um, he saw O'Connor um, in the Accrington game and he didn't look up to the pace, so he's gone with Josh Earl. Big gamble playing an academy lad who'd uh, who'd never made a league start 
and the two games he's played for us so far, he's, he's been one of the best players on the pitch. It's sort of rare nowadays to get a left back that sort of is solid defensively. Um, he's six foot two, so again, he's got that height advantage as well in the area. Um, and he, he's been fantastic, and he's slotted in as if he's been sort of playing five or six years. So it's really nice to see, sort of especially nowadays with the amount of money floating around that we've we've given a few of the academy and sort of homegrown players a chance rather than going out and just buying a player for the sake of it. It's, it shows that you don't need to spend sort of masses of money. Um, another player who impressed me as well, Sean Maguire. Again, not brought him in on, on massive money from Cork. I think it was a couple of hundred thousand, which nowadays is, is absolutely nothing. Um, and he was absolutely fantastic again on Saturday. Had a good chance where he forced Randolph into a good save. Another day that could have gone in um, and I could be uh, sort of singing his praises even more. He's starting to, to form sort of quite a promising partnership with Hugo, which I think is why it's crucial that we, we do keep hold of Hugo and, and don't sell him in these last few days of the transfer window. And, you know, who knows what can happen if, if them two start firing with, as Louis said, not scored two in a league game yet. But at the same time, we're the only team in the division after five games that haven't conceded from open play. Um, the only goal we've conceded was a penalty against Derby. Um, and that game against Derby was probably, sort of league-wise, our worst performance of the season. We uh, were missing Ben Pearson, um, which sort of brings me on now to um, sort of players who not disappointed. It'd be harsh to say that because he got in the, the Championship Team of the Week for his performance at Borough. But he's he's got this petulant side to him. Um, obviously, the fans love him because he's, he's a player, no nonsense. He'll get stuck into a tackle, but... He's, he's this season he's had five bookings one of them sort of was two bookings in a game which led to a red card and him missing the derby match um and last season i think it was 18 he got so it's as as good a player he is he can't afford to get booked sort of at an average of one a game especially this season if we have aspirations of of pushing the playoffs um and sort of mounting a real challenge this season um i think he needs to sort of stamp that out of him but you've got to be careful with young lads like that that you don't sort of try to force it out of him and that sort of changes the way he plays. He's, he, he is a very aggressive player and obviously bookings are going to come. I think a couple of the ones that he's got so far this season have almost come because of his reputation, especially um, the first one against Leeds. It was a fantastic sort of 10 years ago. Pundits would be saying, you know, what a fantastic tackle. Um, won the ball dead cleanly. His studs were showing, but he's in control. He's not come off his feet. He's slid in and, and poked the ball away. Um, and then his second yellow card was for pulling someone back, so no arguments with that. But, yeah, if he can sort of stamp that out, we can keep Ugil. Who knows what can happen with the rest of the season? Um, and, obviously, it's a great time to be a North End fan at the moment. Um, just the international breaks come at sort of the wrong time, really. Um, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But that sort of moves me nicely on to sort of I wanted to ask both of you, obviously, with this international break coming up now, um, just sort of a little sort of recap review to the start of the season for each of your teams. Um, sort of what's the manager done right so far? What have they done wrong? And sort of say out of 10, what? What would you rate uh, your team start to the season? We'll start with you so far, Louis, on this. Um, sort of sum up Sheffield Wednesday season for us. Hey, I'll start with a rating because, uh, obviously, it's been very bang average start as a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Um, so I'm going to give them f- four out of ten. Um, I mean, we've you know played five league games now. We've only won one of those. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, we've not managed to score two goals in a game yet. Um We've not managed to win at home either, which is obviously frustrating. And I know Lewis talked about it and Sheffield United have won three games out of three at home. And, and, and that's what gets you, you know, up, up in this league, you know, anywhere near the top. And if, if you can win your own games or near enough and, and, and see what you can pick up away, then happy days. But the only positive I can take out of this uh, beginning to the season is that we probably won our toughest away game, which was against Fulham. And that was probably a a game where you thought, you know, we could potentially get no points and and it's it's the so-called, you know, weaker teams, if you like, that we're, we're, we're struggling against. Um, but, yeah, I think we're tactically still missing something. We're not create, creating enough. Uh, there's no spark. Uh, we're not getting the ball, moving it quick enough at all, to our even to our midfielders and then onwards to our strikers. Uh, I don't think we're playing enough balls into the box for the likes of, you know, Fletcher and Rhodes uh, and even even Hooper, like I say, he can hold his head up high at the moment. He's playing really well, but he's, he's not getting too many opportunities. Uh, for me, I think um, Carvajal, he, he chops and changes too often. And, and I, I understand he's probably got to because we've got a lot of very good player, like players on the books. But for me, success is all about, firstly, confidence and You've got to have that momentum of, a, of a, the same team starting every week. Like, if, if you look at any team that's ever won anything, you can practically name the starting eleven of the team, whether I'm talking Champions League teams, Premier League teams, or even, you know, FA Cup winning teams. It's, it's crazy to think that Sheffield Wednesday fans at the minute, they wait till, you know, 2 o'clock on a Saturday and there's just this big debate about who's playing every week. And, and for me, it should, you, sh- you should know what 10 of those players are going to be playing. And I know we've got, you know, five very good strikers that, you know, potentially can rotate. But you need to, it needs to be a bit more ruthless, I think, and just like, like this is my best ten. You know, I know there's injury suspensions and that come throughout the course of the season. But I think he's, you know, he's changing too often, and we need he needs to make a decision on on the strikers that are going to be playing in week out, week in week out, and the midfielders that are going to be playing in week in week out. Um, and like I say, in, injuries at the moment again frustrating. It, it ruined our season a bit last year, but you know we, we've got like Kieran Lee, Sam Hutchinson, and Glenn Leuven's. They're all 
they all play a big part in our in our squad. Um, and, and and with them missing, maybe that is what's missing from our team at the moment. I, I don't know, but Sheffield Wednesday for me, you know, we, we've had two years under Carvajal. We've you know we finished sixth in the first season, then fourth, and and this season really we sh- we should be leading the line. We should be. We should be at this stage definitely in in the top six, you know, with with, with the teams that we've played. Like I say, the toughest game was away at Fulham, and, and that's the game we won. So why why are we not up there? I don't know. Something's not quite right. But like we said earlier, hopefully the international breaks come at the right time. Yeah, I definitely think after the international break that you should start to kick on then. Um, sort of looking down your fixtures at the moment you would say you've got a couple of like winnable games especially the two home games that you mentioned coming up but obviously Nottingham Forest have started well um, and then you've got Cardiff sort of not long after that who we'll sort of get onto in a bit um, of teams who've surprised us so far um, but yeah definitely I think the international break will come at the right time for you you can sort of regroup and sort of Carval can do sort of that work on the training ground where he can get to know like he's as you said like his best sort of 10-11 um, and hopefully you can kick on after that. Um, same question to you, Lewis. Obviously, first year back uh, in the Championship, um, sort of by all accounts, Sheffield United are a club that you associate with the Championship. So how would you sum up their start to the season so far? Well, from a fan's perspective, as uh, it's just been spot on. Wilder, for me, he, he probably couldn't have done anything anything better than what he's already done. I mean, for any newly promoted side, for me, anyway, the aim, the aim to avoid relegation is make sure that you that at home you, you turn it into a fortress that when people when away sides come that they're afraid and 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 this they they come and they settle for that draw, which I think, especially with Barnsley and Derby, they they set themselves up thinking if we can get a draw out of this game that'll be a good result. And and that's what that's what we need. That's what that's the mentality that we need to be bringing to the side. And we've we've got the nine the nine points. Those nine points are going to be pivotal come end of the season. Every um every, every win every win's pivotal. And especially with it's not even that we've we've gone into these games. We've we've parked up the bus and then we've just hit on the counter. Can I just put in there, Lewis? It's it's just good that you've said that because we've talked about this. I know you weren't on the podcast last season, but we talked about maximising your wins in this league because the championship's so compact. And it's like you've just said, I know it's stupid to say because you obviously need to win games, but you bet... We, we always say on this podcast, you're better off like winning one game and losing one game rather than drawing two. And that's what's our problem at the minute. And I know we're only five games in, but we've drawn three. So do you, do you get my point where if we... Yeah, I totally with those, agree with that. Yeah, and, and that's why you, like such as yourselves, at home especially, you're flying because you, you've picked up maximum points. And we've, we've not, out of nine points at home this... Uh, sorry, out of six points at home this season, we, we, we've only managed to gain two. And it's, it's like I just said, we, we'd have been better off winning one and losing one. And, and especially in this league, you, you know, you, you win a couple of games in a row and, and you just absolutely fly up that table. Uh, and, and that's the difference. And that's, and that's why we are below halfway at the minute is because we've only won one game out of five. And, and it's, it's crazy, but, it, you know, the more... <laughs> the more games you win, as silly as it sounds, you know, and and don't draw. You sometimes are better off better off losing one yeah, game and winning your next. Yeah, well, it get it gets 
to the point I, I think anyway. Well, when if if you if you're drawing games at home, it can just feel like a loss when you're walking home. Exactly. Yeah. If you're um, if you don't if you if you if you're parking up shop at home as like and you you fight you're you're having to fight for that draw. It doesn't matter what team you're up against. You could be up against top at table or bottom at table. It, the championship is such a compact league. At home, you need to be going into every game thinking it's either three points or nothing. Exactly. Um, That's what I'm trying to say as well. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, well, going back, just going back onto uh, going on to Blade's start. Like, we, well, by rights, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go too far into it. But we should be on ten points. The Mid- Middlesbrough, we. Um, we should have scavenged a, a point from that game. Obviously, we've you've probably seen it—the Jack O'Connell goal in the last minute, which was given offside but wasn't. Um, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go into that because actually watching the game, we weren't the better. We weren't the better team on the day. We probably did deserve the loss, but it, the point would have been nice. But just those home performances, our backline's been fantastic. We don't look like conceding and. Our players just seem confident on the ball, and we're we're playing and we're looking like a championship side. And after after spending six years down at League One, every Sheffield United fan will have been wondering: Are we gonna are we gonna settle straight away, or is it, is it is it going to take? Is it going to take a couple of months for us to settle? Then we can get going. But we've got going from the get go, and. A, a lot of clubs, a lot, a lot of clubs will be different on with the international break coming up. For me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too bothered on it. We've, we've just won our last game, so, and we definitely need um, a, a bit of business to be done for our squad depth. So it, it's probably has come a, a good time for us. We've had, a, we've had a few injuries, so a, a week and a half, two week um, is, pro- is probably going to be good for the side. Have a nice rest, and especially with Sunderland being our next game away um we'll definitely need to prepare a lot for that so yeah yeah it's interesting um that you sort of as i was listening to that um your point about obviously taking a win rather than a draw um and sort of how you were getting onto that it's it's been real sort of testament to alex neal so far this season that last season for example leads away we go down to 10 men but we're absolutely bossing the game at that stage Grayson, and it's not a knock on Grayson because obviously he's a fantastic manager at this level. He'd be sort of that sense there. He'd be bringing on a defensive player straight away. Whereas Neil saw that the opportunity, even when we went down to 10 men, the game was still there to be won. And he's bringing on Josh Harrop, who's sort of a winger, can play as a number 10 for one of his centre mids. Um, we sort of 10, 15 minutes ago when we nearly snatched it at the end. Josh Harrop hit the crossbar in that game. And it's, it's sort of little things like that that, sort of getting on to, to Preston I've been absolutely delighted with the way that Neil sort of stepped in obviously in the summer uh, Grayson left and and there were quite a lot of fans worried um, and sort of at the time I thought quite rightly so obviously Grayson had his, his squad in place he was one of the longest serving managers in the division and and he was always going to be that solid manager that kept us up and we were sort of showing signs gradually um, each season he was with us we'd improve on our last season's finish but sort of getting Alex Neal in now and, and looking at it with like a fresh pair of eyes almost. The squad we've got, it's it's a really young squad. I think the average age in sort of the games that we've played this season so far has been about 23, 24. And sort of looking at the starting 11 who played against Middlesbrough, there's only really Paul, Hunting, Paul Huntington that you can class 
to sort of a player that's, you know, sort of under the age of 25 and not a player that's still sort of developing. So it's really good to sort of see that we've got this young, exciting squad with a young, exciting manager who's not afraid to, if we are drawing nil-nil with Leeds, he's not afraid to sort of throw on another attacking player rather than shut up shop and be content with a point. And that was evident again against Middlesbrough, just sort of looking down at the substitutions um, that he made against Middlesbrough. He's brought on three attacking players, um, sort of most teams go into Middlesbrough who sort of on paper you'd you'd say that they should be right up there come the end of the season it'd be sort of easy for the manager to sort of last 20 minutes you know we'll take a point at Middlesbrough and shut up shop and and see the game out but you know he's thrown on attacking players and it's it's really getting the fans sort of back behind the team not that we sort of fell off but it became sort of last season and sort of a bit of the first season back stagnant would be the wrong word to use but it became sort of a bit repetitive and, and not boring but you knew sort of what was going to happen we'd go into the home games to, to hit teams on the counter-attack with the pace we had up top and we'd go into the away games and this is sort of the big difference between Neil um, and Grayson we'd go into the away games under Grayson looking to not get beat whereas we're going into our away games now under Neil looking to win first and foremost and I think it's such a, a breath of fresh air um, and, you know, as soon as these goals start going in, because there's all the signs that they are going to sort of start, um, sort of our, our front four really haven't played together um, sort of consistently. We've we've got Josh Harrop, Maguire, who've just come in, Barkusen only joined us midway through last season. So as soon as these guys can sort of get that partnership going and, and you know, sort of after the international break, we've got a home game against Barnsley. So if we can... Um, you know, sort of hit the ground running in that home game, get a few goals and, uh, and you know, who's to say what can happen? We've got sort of certainly more winnable games on paper coming up after the international break than what I thought we did have when I looked at the fixtures at the start of the season. Um, but absolutely delighted with our start so far this season. Um, so if I was to rate it, I'd say probably like an 8 out of 10. Um, obviously, it's not been perfect losing the game against Derby and, and the lack of goals so far, but Apart from that, they're sort of only small things. And as I said, I think the goals will come and, and we should have sort of a really fantastic season. Um, but sort of we touched on it a bit in that in that bit then. Um, I just wanted to ask each of you what you think, um, sort of especially over the last few days of the transfer window, is there sort of a glaring area in your squad that you reckon that you need to strengthen in the last few days or are you content if, if nothing else happened? Uh, and sort of the same way, are there any players that you'd like to see move off the wage bill and, and out of the club before the uh, the end of the transfer window? Um, we'll start with you on this one, Lewis. Um, Sheffield sort of United, you touched on it a bit. Um, sort of what movement would you like to see in the last few days? Yeah, well, the squad as it is, if nothing was to happen, it wouldn't be at the end of the world. But we definitely need some more depth in there. Because for me, we have Coots and Fleck in the middle of the park. But then outside of that, we've got John Lundstrom. We've we've got Mark Duffy and Samir Kudrovers who maybe couldn't play that deep in the field. But as like we've seen in the cup where we have played Carruthers in that position, it just feels a bit of a waste having such an attacking player that deep in the pitch. So for me, we definitely need um, another central midfielder. I don't have a clue who Wilder's got in mind, but I, I do think that's a, a position who what Wilder thinks he needs to improve on. A central, another central defender is definitely needed. With with us playing the the three at back formation, 
just signed um, Cameron Carter Vickers from Spurs on loan, which I'm I'm not a, I'm not an expert on him, but um, he, he, he's nice, he's young, he's quick. He looks like a really promising player. Whether he'll push into that starting eleven, um, we'll see in the upcoming weeks. But outside of the the three that we've been starting, O'Connell, Basham, and Jake Wright, Carter Vickers at the moment is the only other central defender we have. We obviously have Richard Stearman, but he's um, he's injured and he's uh, out for at least another five weeks. So. Um, Outside of outside of Carter Vickers, we would definitely need another centre back. We've obviously got John Brayford still on the wage bill, which it's it's a real it's a weird one for me, Brayford, because obviously we had him we had him on loan from Derby and um, back under Nigel Clough, and he was he was fantastic on that loan spell. Then he went back to Derby for half a season, didn't play much football. We bought him back on a permanent deal. He had a good stint then, but then. Derby, um, sorry, we sacked Nigel Clough. Nigel Atkins then came in, and he just he went straight back to Nigel Clough at Burton, and, and he was brilliant for them last season. So it's it's not whether it's not whether I think Brayford's good enough for the first team because I do I think Brayford Brayford could either play right back for us or um, at the right centre back. But it's for me, it's his loyalties to the club in a in a way. I I, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to scrutinise him for it, but I, I just think what, obviously you have players like Harry Redknapp has his crouch and his crunch car esque. I, I kind of think Brayford is is similar with Nigel Clough in a way. I don't I don't want to just say he only wants to play under Nigel Clough, but every single club that Nigel Clough has managed, he's signed Brayford. So it, um, for three clubs, he signed him. So it kind of makes makes me wonder whether we should keep him or not. But then, if he if he if he does want to stay loyal to the club, I, I, I'm more than happy to keep him. And then that probably means we don't need to bring in another centre back. But the um the the most crucial thing we need is it's definitely another striker. We've we've still got James Hansen at the club, and he's probably going to be seen off. Like um, we signed him in January this year, and he, he did a job for us. Don't get me wrong, but he's He's not championship level quality. Being in the league one all his life, that definitely is his level. Then we have Leon Clark, who's he had a he had a good start to the season. He looked lively. He looked like scoring, but then obviously he had that he had the clash um, against Barnsley, which got him sent off, and that and that was that was really silly. We've got Keelan Lavery, which for me, Keelan Lavery is probably the one we want to be starting. I don't know what your opinion is, Louet, on Lavaret, but for me, he's the one that will bring the most out of Sharp because he's, he's the younger, he's the quicker one of the of all our strikers. But again, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I always liked Lavery. Like, it he, he, he was just uh, frustrating for him that he was at the club when, obviously, we had the huge investment from Chan Siri. Um, so at, at the time when Chan Siri arrived, he was actually one of our form players and started to score goals for us and he were always he were always quite a lively little player and and the good thing with Lavery as well he, he he can play in quite a few positions he's quite versatile up up top so he can play obviously in like a number 10 role or um I'm not going to say a lone striker but he he can play he can play out like as a, even attacking mid or on the wings really as well and and I've always Lavery's a type of player he'll, he'll always give 110% and yeah, I think yeah definitely he's 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 a, he's a bit of a confident 
Everton's player. Uh, but if he's gone right back in which he had under Stuart Gray when he was at Sheffield Wednesday and he's given a chance, then, yeah, he can certainly make an impact, yeah. Yeah, um, well, yeah, for, um, for us, it's um, we've got Billy Sharp up front, which club captain, club legend, we all love him. Um, and he's obviously going to be starting. He's a fantastic talisman for the team. And if you, he's not going to, he's not going to pick up the ball in our own half, dribble, dribble past the whole team, and pop, pop one in from twenty-five yards. But he is a player who you, you look back, you look back at the game, and you think, what did Billy Sharp actually do that game? And then he scored two goals. He's he's just if you get the ball to Billy. He's going to put it into the back of the net, and we def- we definitely need a striker who can work round him. And he might not get ten goals a season, and he might not get the praise that he deserves. But because Billy will be Billy will be getting all the praise, but we just need a striker who can work round him. And Lavery for me is that person, but he's been at the club for a, like a, around a year now, and he's been injured for the majority of it. He's he, he's probably one of the most unlucky footballers on this planet. He's just he just came back from injury and then he took a massive knock from Olsen against Derby. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but his his eye is just completely black. And I'd, I'd, he'll probably only be out for um, a week or so. But yeah, um, we de- and well, going on to Ched Evans. For me, I I don't know I don't know about Ched. He's one, I'd love for him to succeed, but watching him come off the bench and start against Leicester, he just doesn't look up to scratch for me. Maybe he just needs more time to get into the game, to gel with the new squad. But for me, he doesn't look up to scratch, and he's probably not the man who to work up front with Sharp because he's probably too much of a similar player to Billy. So for me, yeah, we definitely need to build a striker. I know we've been linked with Jerome Sinclair from... Watford on loan um, I, I don't know much about him I, I know he's young I presume he's, he's, he's fast um, he was at Birmingham last season and I know he didn't score a goal I'm, I haven't talked to many Birmingham fans about him so I don't know what he's like but maybe he's the one but we'll see um, yeah anyway Yeah, the same question to you, Louis. Um, sort of what activity do you want to see sort of in and out at Sheffield Wednesday in the last few days of the transfer window? Uh, to be honest, I'm, it can't come quick enough, to be honest. I think the transfer window, especially for us this season, has, has been quite disruptive in many ways. Um, I mean, like we talked about earlier, uh, a new centre-back's on the horizon, so Juiced Van Aken uh, from here in Veen in Holland. Um, he's 23 um, he can play either centre back or left back, and he he's, he seems quite promising. He's a he's a big physical player. I've, I've never I don't think I've ever really seen him play, uh, but I've, from what I've read and and, and reports and, and from other people, that he's uh, he sounds like he'd be a decent buy, and that's for a reported five million um, euros. So we're spending obviously some cash on him, and apparently he's turned down Lazio uh, to come to us in our favour. So that might be simply down to obviously game time or whatever you and it, it could even be a potential uh, replacement for Leuven's uh, I mean I still like Leuven's but he's injured once again and you know he, he's not getting any younger um, so that'd be great if we can get that one over the line he, he looks like he'd be a really good player to have in the squad um, and I think he'd potentially be even pushing for a, you know a first team play 
straight away in our team. Um, it's frustrating, though, that we've not got centre-backs done any earlier in the window. That's the only thing what's annoyed me, really. We, we also got uh, Federico Venancio from Vitoria in Portugal, uh, but we've not managed to see him yet. He's only just got his international clearance, so hopefully we might uh, see him play soon. Um, but regarding outgoings, you know, there's, there's a hatful of players that I'd potentially like to to leave. I mean, like McGugan's still on our books, but he's got another year left, I, I think, and he, he's, you know, unless he leaves on loan last minute, but there's other players I'd like to see leave on loan. I mean, it'd be great to see George Hurst go out on loan to a, he, he's been linked to like Chesterfield and Rotherham, and that's not been finalised yet, but it'd be good to see if he, what he, you know, prove his worth at a, a lower division and, you know, look forward to the future and, and see what he can bring. Um, but other players you know, like Lucas Zhao has been made available for loan also be great if someone could take him he went to Blackburn last season and I'm, you know I'd be surprised if someone else didn't pick him up like lower in a lower you know, league team in the championship or league one or, or even abroad it'd be good for him maybe to even go back to Portugal you know now now he's now he's got a bit older and championship experience because he did well last season when he was at Blackburn um, for me regarding incomings though other than a centre-back I, I don't Squad-wise, we don't really need any anyone else. It, but the only thing what I've said in the past is when when Kieran Lee's out injured and he's, he's still out injured now and on the road to recovery. But we it'd be, maybe we could potentially get a, another attacking midfielder even on loan, uh, even if that were just till January. We, we've been linked with obviously all kinds of players in the, in, in the transfer window, uh, but we, we've been linked with Max Power, and we were again a few days ago. Um, so whether that one pans out, I don't know. Um, but yes, and a centre back's the main one, and I just hope we get Van Aken over the line, and you know sooner rather than later. It'd be nice if it'd be done in the next few days. I don't want it to be a last minute job, you know, on the thirty first of August, and it's one of them where you see if it gets done, you know, before twelve o'clock or whatever time it is. So yeah, if that gets done, happy days. I'd I'd, I'd be happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, sort of similar to us, really. I think we're sort of, even though it's a strange one, even though we haven't conceded from open play yet, I think we are still short at the back. Um, they've done fantastically, Davis and Earl, the two sort of youngsters who've, who've come through the academy, but I don't think you can sort of rely on them for a, a 46-game season and then potentially sort of cup games as well. Um, so I do think, whether it's on loan, you know, till January, because... Cunningham and and Clark should be back sort of January February time sort of if, if sort of the facts that have come out about their injuries and sort of recovery sort of time scales are right sort of yeah January February so a couple of bodies in in defence the centre back and potentially a left back um, even though we're still sort of quite covered there uh, I think we've got three left backs fit including Josh Earl who's come through the academy um, but yeah definitely two defenders. Um, I think a midfielder um, is a must. There's been rumours of Paul Gallagher leaving and going to Blackburn. Um, he's been a fantastic servant for the club, but he's he's at that age now where players like Alan Brown, Daniel Johnson, Ben Pearson especially are, are keeping him out of the side. And he's one of those players that, you know, it'd be sad to see him go because he's, he's been such a loyal servant and uh, he's liked by the majority of the fans. But I think at his age now, he just wants to be out playing football. Um, he knows he's only got sort of a few years left, so can't really hold any grudges. He's he's not said anything bad about the club, anything like that. Um, but I think he could potentially leave if not in January, if not now in January. Um, and then the other centre mid, we've got John Welsh. He's sort of in 
in a similar situation where he's getting on a bit now, been a fantastic servant for the club, but I think we do need sort of a bit more cover um, in that department, especially with, with, as I mentioned earlier, Ben Pearson's sort of obvious disciplinary problems. We're sort of playing a three-man midfield most games, and, and that leaves us only with, if Gallagher and, and Welsh were to go, that only leaves us really with the three of them. So maybe another midfielder or two. Um, up front, I think, sort of incomings-wise, I think we're fine. Um, we've got four sort of decent wingers who the majority of them can also play sort of as a second striker. Um, if I was being greedy, maybe another sort of striker to play up front if Hugill's sort of injured or, or suspended or anything like that. Um, we've got Sean Maguire who offers pacing behind, whereas Hugill is sort of that, that almost an old-fashioned championship player, that sort of ugly player. He'll, he'll put himself about but he knows where the back of the net is so they complement each other really well so maybe sort of a third player to go with them and it just takes sort of the the pressure off them as well um as far as outgoings obviously i mentioned the two midfielders but i think the one that sort of most fans are eager um to go out is uh owen doyle um he's not even getting into the match day squads and he he, he hasn't been good enough sort of in the championship he, he he had that spell at chesterfield a few years ago where he was absolutely fantastic but we haven't seen anything like half of that kind of player since he's been with us. Um, I know, I think it was Plymouth where we're linked with him earlier this week, so whether that materialises, but I can definitely see him leaving. Um, the only other potential outgoing, really, I'd say it'd be sort of loan deals, maybe Callum Woods, who missed the entirety of last season with a knee injury. Um, still highly rate him, and if it wasn't for Darnell Fisher, who we brought in from Rotherham, uh, playing out of his skin, I think... Woods probably would be that that player to slot in at right back for us, but obviously with that lack of match fitness, um, he could do it. Maybe drop into a League One, a League Two club, um, just to get that game time and and sort of getting back playing because he's definitely good enough to start or be in our squad. Um, and he's he's a crucial player, can play on the right or the left. So definitely wouldn't want to see him go permanently. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm sort of happy with the squad. I think one or two more sort of additions um, and one or two out, as Alex Neal's sort of said uh, that he wants. It's nice to know that sort of he's he's got in mind sort of a plan and he, he would have liked to have done it earlier, but sort of with everything going on of him joining sort of halfway through the summer, sort of on the eve of the season starting almost, he's he's given himself time to assess the squad rather than making wholesale changes straight away. Um, but yeah, a couple more in, maybe one or two out, as I said, um, and I'd be more than happy. Um, sort of moving on finally, it's, it's a weird one, obviously, with the international break coming up, but we've, we've talked about um, sort of reviewing our start to the season. So I just wanted uh, each of you just to give us a little preview of your first games back after the international break. Um, we'll start with you, Louis. Obviously, you're at home to Forest um, after the international break. Um, they've started well, um, but is this a game where you can sort of turn your season around and, and start to kick on, do you think? Well, it needs to be. Uh, this last few years, we've, we've had uh, a good run against Nottingham Forest. I can't remember the last time they beat us, actually. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, like you say, we'll, we can kick on. It's it's a home game. We've got the home advantage. Um, d- d- you know, at the minute, we it, the pressure is going to be on us, um, even after the international break, because we we really need to start picking up points. And Forest are going to come to us, and technically, the the pressure is not going to be on them really, because it's an away game. On paper, they're probably expected to to lose, uh, but they're sat in, I believe, sixth position at the minute. So. 
you know, that, that might work in their favour. They might come and, you know, with, with nothing to lose, they, they're going to give it a real good go. Uh, but Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, we, we've talked about it before. You've, you've got to win your home games. And, and this game, we, we've simply got to win. Uh, we've, we've got two home games in a row, like you mentioned. We've, I think it's Cardiff we've got after that. And if, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out and say we've, we've got to, we've just simply got to get six points and four points minimum. Uh, from those two games, uh, but it's going to be a, a strange game because Sheffield Wednesday, like like we said, have, have you know not scored too many goals at the, uh, in in the league this season. They've had quite a few low scoring games, whereas Nottingham Forest have had quite a few high scoring games. So you know it wouldn't surprise me also if it if it was a, a two two or three 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 draw. Can't speak now, um, but yeah, it's it needs. It needs to be a game where we go out there, build confidence. We, we go out and win, and, and you know that they've got some great players that have started the season really well. Uh, Barry McKay and Davil Murphy, um, who have had great starts. I think they've both scored two and three goals between them. Um, so, um, like I said, it's it's a game we've simply got to win. So my prediction is that we do so uh, with it being at home, and I'm going to say we'll win this game two one. Um, but it could be a very very interesting game if if we don't get anything other than a victory then you know the the fans are going to be definitely on one uh walking home that evening so yeah we shall see yeah <laughs> well fingers crossed for you anyway same question <laughs> to you lewis um just looking at your fixtures you've got the the trip to sunderland after the international break um obviously they had quite a disappointing result against barnsley um so how do you see that going yeah, um, it's a weird one, isn't it, Sunderland? Um, they've come down and it's, everyone's expected them to, to take the league alight again and, and, and just bounce straight back up to the Premiership. But they haven't really had the transfers in that everyone was expecting and the, the, results, have, the results have shown that um, they, they haven't won at home yet. I think they've just they've only picked up a point at home, which um, puts us in good stead going away. I know we've lost both of our away games, but wouldn't Stadium Alight be a lovely place to get our first away win at season? Whether that'll happen, we'll see. But we're coming, we're coming off a fantastic 3-1 victory against Derby, whilst they're coming off a horrific 3-0 uh, loss against Barnsley, who um, the week before we managed to pick up a win against. So, on paper, we're, we're the side on form, we're the side going into this. Um, with the pressure on our backs, so whether we can whether we can manage to steal a win, um, I'm I'm unsure on. But going into the game, I'd, def- I'd definitely take a draw. I can see both I can see both sides scoring. With um, but the only thing is, we'll definitely have to have brought in um, an attacking addition for that game. Because well, at the minute with. Johnny Russell being our second um, top goal scorer at the club, and obviously he's a Derby player, so we definitely need to be getting goals from other places in the squad. John Fleck, we're really unlucky not to get a goal against Derby, and we do look like scoring through the rest of the team. But we games against Sunderland and and big clubs, well, any game really in the Championship, we can't just be relying on Billy Sharp as the man to stick the ball in the back of the net because. He's, he's not going to be there every game. So, yeah, um, if I was to predict the game, it'd probably be a, a 1-1 draw, which 
I'd happily take. Yeah, I uh, I think definitely you've got a good chance, especially if you carry on that home form into the, the Sunderland game. And it's a place that teams can go really without any fear this season. Everyone expects Sunderland to pick up sort of majority of their points at home. So you can go there with no fear and, and fingers crossed for you. You can uh, you can pick up a win there and carry on the fine home form and sort of start taking that into away games now. Um, sort of moving on just to Preston quickly. Um, we're at home to Barnsley, who... As I was typing up the notes earlier in the week for the show, I thought, oh, they've not had that good of a start to the season. And then sort of as is the way, they've proved me wrong and got that fantastic result against Sunderland. So it'll be an interesting one. I'd, I'd back us to win it. Um, we've won both our home games so far. Um, and I, I think we'll, we'll sort of not make it easy for ourselves, but I think we should have just a bit too much to uh, sort of for them to sort of mount any sort of pressure on us especially if we can bring in sort of a couple more defenders in in the last few days of the transfer window um so if, if you were to ask me a prediction for the game i'd probably say this will be the game where we get a couple of goals and we should win maybe two or three one um but yeah with that we're out of time um thank you for joining me today guys if if both of you want to tell people where they can find you on twitter again now would be a good time so yeah my name's louis shackshaft and that's my twitter handle also it's just my name um, so I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast and I write for different publications representing Sheffield Wednesday. I've actually got a, um article out at the moment. It's called Late Tackle Magazine. Uh, you can buy that. I've got an article in there regarding Sheffield Wednesday. You can buy that from all news agents. WH uh, Smith has that also for sale if you want to check that one out. Yeah, um, again, I'm Louis Sobs and I've represented Sheffield United on this podcast. I write for Football League World, not just on Sheffield United, but pretty much every club in the league. And if you can find me on Twitter at, at underscore LH9 underscore. Yeah, and as I said, uh, I'm James Vickers. I'm Preston fan on the podcast. I write for a Preston North End fan site called at Deepdale Digest, where we have match reviews uh, each week, sort of on a Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. We'll put out uh, an opposition overview piece giving fans sort of an insight into the team that we're playing. So that's definitely something to check out. Um, And you can follow me on my personal Twitter at underscore James Vickers. Um, So yeah, as I said, we're out of time, guys. Thanks for joining me today and we'll see you soon. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.